Welcome, everyone, to episode 234 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Corey. Just me and Corey today. Uh, Eric's, yeah. Eric's in, uh, it's go time for Eric for wedding stuff, so uh, he may not even be back before his wedding at the beginning of February, so we're not sure. Yeah, and Will had, uh, at my fault, really, but it, earlier in the week had mentioned that him and his friends had made plans uh, to go out for his birthday. His birthday was earlier in the week. Um, hey. Yeah, happy birthday, Will. Um, his birthday was early in the week and he mentioned he was having, making plans to do something with his friends on Thursday. Uh, I forgot and assumed we were recording Thursday anyway. He wanted to record last night, but it was a little too last minute for me. So I just told him to not worry about it. And then, uh, cause me and Corey are the only one that played the game that we're going to be talking about today, which is, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, that's going to be our main topic. Do you have anything you want to tease for later on, Corey? I do not. Yeah. I uh, speaking of Will's birthday, I was going to selfishly buy him that Dragon Cancer yeah. to play through because I really wanted to play it. Yeah, uh, and I kind of wanted to get Will a little something. I ended up yeah. getting him the beginner's guide because he had it on his wish list. Oh, there you go. Uh, but I almost got him that Dragon Cancer. Uh-huh. Said, "Here you go, buddy. Happy birthday!" Yeah, so I could play it. Yeah, but I didn't. Well, you wanted me to play it today too so, so we could talk about it today i would assume right yeah while yeah it's, well it's a topic be, uh, of conversation yeah which topical. i i would love to uh but i i told i explained to Corey like i can play games a little bit like with the kids around if they're occupied but they're they're only occupied for like 10 or 15 minutes at a time uh before they start fighting with each other or whatever climbing getting into stuff that they're not supposed to so i wanted to be able to like sit down and experience that game without any distractions and i wouldn't have been able to do that today so Hang on, kids. Daddy's got to cry now. <laughs> well, that's part of it, too. You know, you can't let the kids see you cry. Because then they'll think you're soft. Yeah. You know? Can't so, yeah. Have that. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, me and Corey were the only ones that play it. We're probably going to be doing our part two for our 2016 games preview next week. Uh, at least Will will be back. I'm not sure about Eric yet, uh, but we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, so yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles X. It's a, an, a Wii U exclusive RPG, uh, and uh, both the Wii and the Wii U have really uh, some very unique JRPGs that don't come to any other system. Xenoblade Chronicles being one of them for the Wii, um, which is one of the neat things about the system. There's still I have like three or four weird JRPGs um, on my Amazon wish list that came out for the Wii that I would like to get to at some point. That I totally forgot about it, and you just made me think of it. That Pandora's Tower game. Pandora's right? Tower is one of them. Uh, the Last Story is one of them. Uh, Farewell, fragile, farewell dreams of the fragile moon, or something like that. There's, <laughs> I've got like four of them that that seem really cool. Um, and they're sounds like a JRPG. They're really, really inexpensive too. I guess the that fragile dreams one uh, really use the Wii's motion controls well too for like an RPG type of game. So that's why I was interested in it. But anyway, Xenoblade Chronicles X was developed by Monolith Soft and published by Nintendo. It came out at the beginning of December. Was it the first or the fourth? Maybe I think it was the fourth. If, if uh, what Tom Clancy came out on the first. So it had been the fourth because Nintendo likes to re- release their stuff on Friday. The main plot of the game is uh, Earth is destroyed as kind of like collateral damage during a war between two alien species, it just kind of is the the battleground, and and the planet gets gets fully wiped out. So uh, before the the planet gets fully destroyed, they launch these uh, like life ships 
that they send out in in all different directions for you know humanity to continue and uh the ship that your character is on called the white whale crashes on a crash lands on a planet called mira um and that's kind of where the where the story starts which is a really good setup in my opinion yeah even though i really liked the the backstory they had in the first xenoblade you know the two titans fighting in the ocean and yeah. then they freeze, freeze and you know the humanity exists on the frozen titans or whatever uh but this is another good one it's very battlestar galactica yeah yeah absolutely i yeah i never even thought of battlestar galactica but you're right yeah it's, it is absolutely like that it's kind of humanity's last hope and and their trials and tribulations as they as they try to survive on a very dangerous planet mira but it also leaves open opportunity down the road for foreign planets you know that maybe yep. there's humanity elsewhere you know it's never yeah. really it's never discussed if you're I, I don't believe it's discussed if your your ship is the only one to not be destroyed or or get somewhere you know that's true i, I didn't beat the game so no no even i didn't uh, i played 54 hours i logged wow. in xenoblade chronicles x so far nice i'm creeping up on 20 okay i think i got 17 or 18 or something like that so you're still considered a noob I'm still a noob, which is eighteen hours in. Crazy to think. Well, let's start. Let's start with the com- we'll talk about the combat first because um, you introduced the combat very early. After your your character wakes up in like a pod. After you do your, you can create your own character in this. That's one of the differences between uh, X and then the original Zero- Xenoblade Chronicles, where you play Shulk. Create your own character, male, female. Uh, the option there's enough options. I didn't feel like there was too many options, but not. Not too few, you know. There wasn't like three different hairstyles or whatever. There was there was a decent amount of stuff, a uh, decent amount of customization. I think you could customize size and all the all the standard stuff. Um, but yeah, you're rescued by a character named Elma, who's kind of your companion through at least a lot of what I've played in the game. Uh, and she wants to take you back to the city, which is New Los Angeles. That's the the city with i guess what they end up calling it after the ship crash lands the white whale uh combat if you've played the xenoblade chronicles the first one it's it's similar to that um but in this one you have your choice between ranged and melee weapons uh every character equips both of them uh you can bounce back and forth very easily by pressing x is it x or x it's the Whatever the top button is. Yeah, I get, I get them confused because yeah. it's different. It's it's X. It's different than the Xbox, and I always get them get them confused. Yeah, you, you can switch between me- melee and ranged combat um, by pressing X, uh, and then you you have uh, depending on what abilities you pick, you have abilities um, on there that that have cooldown timers. It's very much uh, like an MMORPG style combat. Uh, you use your abilities. Uh, they you know wait for the cooldown to to finish and and you use them again it does um, go a little bit deeper than that too though and quite I don't a know bit deeper there are any mmrpgs that do this uh but one thing that really stands out and makes the combat a little more you know you, you're invested a little bit more and you're paying attention more is that there's mul- there's two levels of cooldown mm-hmm. um so if you let your ability cool down the second time over then it has a different effect than it does the first time over yeah and that plays a lot into combat because you're constantly timing when you're using your arts uh, and you need to make that decision, you know, is it best to use this now or best to let it sit for another cooldown? Yeah. And, and use it. Yep. Um, and on top of that, there's a thing called soul voices. And what it does is your, your character or another character in the party will call out uh, a command like, 
Uh, for example, if you topple something, one of your characters will shout, it's down, hit it, uh, and it, they'll, that'll be your cue, I guess, to use a melee ability. Uh, and you, when you use that melee ability, you'll do extra extra damage. You'll get higher critical, or you'll heal that way too. Um, and they're all color coded. Like uh, the melee wep- the melee attacks are the brownish color. Ranged attacks are yellow. Uh, blue is like auras, like healing auras, or an aura to boost um, boost crit damage, or you know what have you. The the standard standard, I guess, MMORPG like stuff. Green is like healing or buffs, that sort of thing. Uh, purple, purple. What's which one's purple? Is that? I don't spe- remember. Is that specific? That might be specific to like appendage damage. Yeah, I mean, in the, in the, aren't they as simple as like move in for melee damage, and then you just switch to melee and move in? Yeah, and that the, there's activates a, the soul voice. There's a visual cue also on the on the screen, which is which is helpful. You know, uh, it'll it'll pop up like which character is saying what thing and it'll be the color of the attack that you're supposed to use. And then also there's another visual cue on the, on the little bar on the bottom where all your abilities are. Cause you move the thumb pad left or right to select that. And it'll be highlighted and like pulsing, which ones you're supposed to use. Uh, it's all very well. I thought, I think it's very well laid out. Um, I think the combat would definitely be easier if you played the first one. Cause it is, it is similar to that. Um, which is nice. Yeah. And, and I would, I would make a compelling argument that the battle system in this game is one of the best in JRPGs, in my opinion. Oh, I, I agree. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a great mix of, of action and strategy. Mm-hmm. Even the even the like boring battles when you're just like grinding stuff, it's still like fun. You yeah. Know, to see see what kind of combos your characters can do and try different try different things you know even Mm -hmm. even 54 hours in i'm still trying different uh party members i'm trying to level up my lower characters that i haven't used that much but uh it's it's neat how all that sort of stuff works together and even it's for so many different layers in a in a combat system it's still like perfectly the difficulty curve is perfectly on point in my opinion yeah i don't know if you remember the first fight with the ganglion yeah uh that fight i had to try about I think I tried five or six times because mm-hmm. uh, I kept dying. And it gives you the option to lower the difficulty. Yep. But I was having so much fun doing it. I'm like, I don't care. I'll just keep trying till I, till I beat her. Yeah. And it, it was supposed to be a difficult fight. You know, I was happy that I didn't fall out four through it. And, yeah. You know, die maybe once. I was, I was stupidity. fairly overleveled at that point. So I didn't have much, much trouble with it because of my, my desire to do side stuff. I think even still, I'm only on story mission, like six, Oh, that's where I am. And I never, I never saw how many. I don't know how many there is overall, but like I just got my, I just got my maybe six. I got my skull. Oh, okay, I'm not there yet. Hey, did, you, did you get the license, the license missions? Because you get a mm. bunch of missions. I think it's after mission six. Not that I recall. Does, does the skull acquiring happen through a side quest? Kinda, yeah. Maybe I just didn't catch it yet. I think yeah, you might have. Uh, it might be like available to you now because you got to talk to the to the big dude in the tank top which guy the big vandom i think his name is the big guy in the the tank top the commander yeah yeah he's the one that gives the quest um but yeah and uh, there's also classes in this in this game which is also cool there's three like standard main classes and they all have different things that they do um you know one i think one is more powerful melee one's more powerful ranged and there's one balanced one that that uses a lot of auras and support abilities uh but then they they splinter off into 
I think overall there's what is it eight? There's three or and nine? Then two off of those, and then two off of those. There's... So three times three times three. Yeah, there's there's quite a few different classes no. that all have different different positives and negatives, and it explains to you. Uh, what those are, and you can move back and forth as much as you want in between them. So if you want to go back and get some abilities that you missed in a different one, you can get those and unlock those and level all those abilities up. It gets pretty complex. Are I'm still you... trying trying to do math in my head. I think oh. uh, three times two is six times two. Well, there's is twelve. There's three standard ones, and then yes. there's two off of each of the three standard ones. Yes, and then there's leveled up versions of those and then there's i think there's two more levels after that like there's a lot okay a lot of different classes that you can be i went with the one that said for professionals only oh did you (laughs) yeah at the bottom the i started with the enforcer yeah uh and right now my guy uses beam weapons oh nice um it's it's supposed to be a character that like supports from afar right i guess you're not supposed to Uh, wade into the thick of the combat but I find myself doing that a lot. Yeah. It's those, fun. Those, yeah, those, uh, you know, your your cooldowns will refresh, and then they'll be, the soul voice will be calling for a certain attack, and then I'll just wait in. And yeah. Yeah. Fire off a slit edge, I think, is the one for the attack from the side or something like that. I can't remember the name of the art. Yeah, one of the one of the things I, I wanted about the game was I, I, I like the, like, kind of standard, I guess, MMORPG combat, but with, like, guns and and you know ranged weapons and stuff other than like bows so i i the whole time i i wanted to have like a, a gun so i went with a sniper rifle type of uh the the character that uses the sniper rifle and uh my my melee weapon is uh, like a tall uh pole arm like a lance or something um but i'm the same way like i was like oh i'm probably mostly just gonna stand back and shoot stuff from as far away as i can be uh but i'm the same way like you know you, you, someone calls out for the melee soul voice, and you just rush right in and yeah. duty start, calls, start man. swinging away. Yeah, and you know you get heals and stuff from that too. So even if you do take a little damage from being too close to combat, that heals you. And right, which you in uh, the battle I was talking about before was crucial. If I missed one of those, I died. I lost the battle, so I had to constantly hit those. Yeah, but it's a lot of uh, the class I am is a lot of giving my allies uh i have ability called repair which heals them Mm -hmm. uh some armor buffs all that kind of stuff yeah and then i have one that's a beam weapon damage that damages any enemy in front of me oh really which it can kind of be a pain because if you're fighting a guy and there's guys behind him adds yeah yeah they'll add into the into the fray and that can cause all sorts of issues but it does a ton of damage oh okay and even the the arts themselves have bonus activations on them so this beam art i'm talking about now if i also have an aura on my character which is uh just another word for a buff then it will do extra damage yeah so it's it's another one of those like okay i gotta make sure i have an aura on me so i don't waste this beam attack because it does so much more damage when i have an aura yeah uh, but sometimes it's not always that easy to have an aura on you. You really have to read the fine print on all the abilities so you can know exactly what they do. It's definitely like a min maxers type of type of game. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of uh, benefits you can eke out if you if you read all that stuff. You can probably leave it alone. Sure. Uh, well, but, like but, you, I was gonna say, like you, you could just over level a little bit. Yeah, that's and have an easier time with everything and not have to worry about the the nuances of all the arts and, yeah. and classes and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit over leveled for for the stuff that I'm doing, but. Uh, that's because I've been spending so much time doing 
side missions and and stuff, which we'll we'll get into later. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of the combat. Let's talk about the map uh, and the actual space to explore. So the con- the the kind of the spot spot you part start off in, it's called Primordia. It's kind of like a cliffy, craggy, um, almost uh, Jurassic type mm. feeling setting. Um, you know, big sweeping vistas and really beautiful scenery. Waterfalls. Where was that? Costa Rica? Is that where Jurassic Park took place? Yeah, it was an island off of Costa Rica, I think. But it it made me think of that. Uh, But also because there's giant, basically, dinosaurs walking around. Yeah. And Um, by giant, you mean giant. Giant. Oh, yeah. Like like enormous. Um, It's really cool to see them. And not all of them aggro you. So you can, like, walk between their legs while they're drinking water at the ponds and stuff. They can hurt you you if they step on you, though. Really? Yeah, if you're not careful. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yep. cool. Yep. Yeah, because if you're if you're in a scale and you run over something small, it'll attack you because you ran it over and did some damage oh. to it. But yeah, they will step on you and and kill you if you're not careful. So the map is uh the map is set up like um there's there's five different like areas in the map other than like New Los Angeles. There's uh, like I said, there's Primordia. There's Oblivia, which is uh like a desert desert type area there's noctilum which is like a jungle it made me think of avatar mm, yeah. it's, a li- it's a little bit like that uh there's silverium and silverium is hard to describe it's like a, a it's almost like a, a desert but it's white sand and it's very like green and glowy oh that's that's called snow no it's not i don't think it's snow <laughs> i'm just kidding uh it, it's it's very uh, alien looking, I guess, of a landscape. Well, all of them are really I somewhat. Mean, yeah, that's uh, one of the things I like about the game so much is you you feel like you're in an alien world. Oh, definitely. Between all the all the giant critters that you see and weird critters that you see running yeah. around, uh, and then Caldros. That's I haven't been to Caldros yet, but that's supposed to be the volcanic type of place. Little and on the all, nose for all that the name, huh? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so uh, the map is divided up. There's there's hex squares that divide up the entire map, uh, and you, you, I mean, one of the primary mechanics in the game is exploration. What you do is uh, certain uh, certain hexes on, in the game will have, uh, for lack of a better word, like scouting spots that you install a probe in, and it'll unlock all the hexes around, so you can see like what exactly the, what exactly is going on with the hexes. Some will have. Uh, each hex has like a uh, mission associated with it or some sort of objective that you have to complete to cross it off your list. Um, some of them will have a, a monster called a uh, what are they? tyrant, a monster tyrant. called a tyrant that you have to kill uh, to check check that off. Or some will have a treasure that you're supposed to do or some will be associated with some sort of mission in the city that you pick up that, that you can check off. Um, but within that, there's a ton of mechanics, so I'm going to do my best to cover all of them, but I don't don't know if I'm going to be able to. Uh, within that, there's uh, a way to mine resources. Um, the primary one being Moranium, which is the metal that you use for a lot of your upgrades. Um, arms manufacturers will use them, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and when, when you install a probe, there's different types of probes that you can use, too. There's mining probes, which, like I said, mine the resources that you need. There's research probes, which generate revenue. There's battle probes, which I haven't been introduced to yet. And storage probes, which make it so you can store more moranium. All that stuff. And if you if you link the, different, the same probes together, uh, they'll give you bonuses to revenue, bonuses to mining, all that fun stuff. 
Yet um, another system. Another system. That's but the, yeah. Again, uh, that's barely scratching the surface of of what all you can do with that. Um, but yeah, uh, traversal is actually pretty easy, despite how big the thing is. Uh, you can get your character running at a pretty good tilt when you sprint lock. So you, you know, I never felt like running around was too arduous. You know, exploring. No, and you, you book too. Yeah, you book and you jump really high. So yeah. there's obviously places that you can't access, like even in Primordia. Uh, I think I'll need to get the flying thing for my scale before I can find them. But uh, you know, a large part of the map is explorable with just your character, like right off the bat, if that's what you want to do. So what do you think of the traversal and exploration, Corey? Uh, well, this plays into my bigger point about the whole game. But uh, in these big open world games, um, exploration to me is key uh-huh. because I need to feel rewarded for exploring. Yep. And I think Xenoblade does a really good job of that Absolutely. because it doesn't give you like a checklist of you know things to fetch in your area a right. la Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, you go out there and find it on your own. Yeah. And that's good for somebody like me who's OCD about that stuff because if I see it and I have the quest you know, or the waypoint or whatever, then I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I never see it, then I don't know I'm missing it. Right. And it doesn't bother me as much. And when you're out in the wild and you stumble upon something, you're rewarded because you feel like you accomplished it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just dots on a map that you were walking up to got a quest went to another dot on the map went to another dot on the map yeah. i mean that's that is how they do quests but all that it's, stuff you have to discover on your own right it, i mean and it's fitting with the with the mechanics of the game because you you are exploring an alien planet you know yes a lot of the places that you go to no no people have been to yet um so that factors into into that's it's a primary mechanic of the game is exploration right. so you're right you do feel like you're actually exploring something new Yep. You know. Oh, and one... even out. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, even outside the objectives of the game, exploring in this game is just a lot of fun because the landscapes are so beautiful. Yep. Um, and you can discover, I think they're called scenic viewpoints or something like that. Yep. Which you get extra money uh, for. Yeah, Tur- you get a little bit of money for tourism. And I think if there's a, yeah, if there's a probe attached to it, you get more money yep. uh, for it. So, like, and that doesn't, it doesn't say on your quest readout you know oh find all the scenic viewpoints in primordia yeah and then it says you know zero through eight and then it gives you waypoints for all of them or something like that no you just stumble on it and you're better off for it and that's that's all it is yeah um but even you know even outside of that just like jump going through caves and jumping down waterfalls and all that stuff is it's just fun yeah and it's it's for you it's not to complete some laundry list of things to do yeah uh, th- um, one thing uh, it does too is, and I'll get in a little more into this later, but a lot of those like missions and stuff that you do have a tangible effect on the game. Um, like, like for example, I did one today that opened up a, a new vendor uh, that I could have completely missed and just never had access to this one vendor. Um, but I, you know, I did the quest and it opened up a, a new shop in New Los Angeles that. You know, like I said, if I had just blazed by that quest, I never would have would have even seen, you know. And speaking so cool. of, of New L.A., I don't know if you said this, but that's that's the that crashed white whale ship. Yep. Or not crashed, but that's the landed white whale ship. Yep. And it's 
massive. It's very big. <laughs> it's almost its own area. Yeah. Which is another thing I like about it because you go into like a, a city in Dragon Age Inquisition or The Witcher or you know Skyrim or whatever, and it's you can consume it. Yeah. You know, you can check every nook and cranny if you want, and it won't take up – it'll take up some time, but not too much of your time. Yeah. You can't do that in, in this game. No, I still – even 54 hours in, I still – in the one city in the game, I'm stumbling across new areas. You'll find a an NPC somewhere that's that's off the beaten path uh, in somewhere in New Los Angeles that'll give you a quest, you know? Yep. And it's not like two stories. It's like – 10 stories, you know, yeah. it's just the, the verticality of the world and New Los Angeles itself is impressive. Yeah. Um, and, and that feeds into the whole idea of, you know, you're not obsessive compulsively exploring, you're organically exploring yeah. and going places. And, Absolutely. you know, you don't, you can't search every nook and cranny. <laughs> I mean, you no. could in this game, but it would... You, you drive yourself crazy. I think the completionist t- how long to beat is like 240 hours or something like that. Oof. But I can't, th- I think you would have to do a lot of grinding probably to get that. Cause there's a lot of the weapons that you have to, that you like make yourself, uh, require very rare resources that you probably have to do camping and stuff for. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about on the map, there's uh little diamonds that are all over the place. Uh, if you played Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one, you'll know what they are. They're, they're little like just items or whatever. Uh, some of them will be used for quests. Some of them, uh, there's a thing called a collectopedia. Uh, all the major area, all the, the five land masses, I guess, have, have different things in them. And the collectopedia is a way of cataloging all of that. You get, you get little rewards for collecting all the, all the little resources. And you know, it took me 15 hours to realize you could register stuff into your catalog. Yeah, I don't think I figured that out right away. I I remembered it from the first Xenoblade Chronicles, but I just didn't think this one had it. But I, I finally found it probably yeah. about where you are, about 15 hours is when I figured yeah. out, oh, uh, it's under Intel and then in the Collective P. Like, I'm still finding new things in the menu that I didn't know existed. Well, I, uh, I saw it and in. I just assumed it was just like, you know, a, a a literal catalog of everything. I didn't yeah. know there was a activity you, or a, you know, something you could accomplish within that menu. So I just never visited it. Yeah. That was in, uh, that was in the first Eno blade too. Yeah. Did I don't remember. Do? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I played it fairly recently. It was earlier last year. So uh, okay. I kind of remember that, but I just didn't think it was in the new one. So, uh, I think that's everything for map. Let's talk about companions. <laughs> Well, no, let's talk about New Los Angeles first. Yeah. Um, so the the group, I guess, you kind of you join is is called Blade. It's an acronym for something. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but within Blade, there's eight different divisions that all serve a different purpose for New Los Angeles. So, for example, uh, I chose the Pathfinder division, and their their job is to go out and uh, open up the the scouting probes. That's their whole. Uh, point for being part of blade which one did you pick Corey? i picked the curators curators which if i recall they're all about collecting okay stuff uh-huh and something else that i can't remember now good for me right i'm a good good division member <laughs> good collector <laughs> i so, can't remember what the other thing is yeah there's um there's Harriers, which Harriers' jobs are to tackle the tyrants specifically. Uh, I mean, 
I don't know that it matters that much which one you pick. I think you're still kind of doing the same thing. Uh, I think the division has more to do with online stuff. Yeah. Which is still a little bit confusing to me, but there's Harriers, which are meant to tackle the bigger monsters. There's uh, Interceptors, which kind of protect the area around New Los Angeles from from uh, indigen threats. They're called indigens, the, the indigenous uh, critters that are floating around. Uh, there's Outfitters, who do the weaponry and armor for the, for the blades. Um, what are the other ones? There's eight different ones. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They all do something different. And like yeah. Dan said, they, they mostly just play into the multiplayer, the, the, the online, online stuff. online stuff, yeah. Uh, there's also arms manufacturers. Have, have you done anything with arms manufacturers, Corey? I have. I was uh, following a couple uh, missions for one specific arms manufacturer, which I think helped them get new inventory. Is that Grenada? Reduced prices. No. I think it started with an A. There's Sakabura, Grenada. I think it was Sakabura then. CNC. I think it was Sakabura. Okay. There's a few different ones. I've unlocked five of them so far. Uh, but what they are is they're obviously they, wep- they manufacture weapons and armor, uh, scale parts too. And what you do is you can invest Meranium in them. And uh, the more Meranium you invest, you unlock different levels, which gives you access to better gear. Uh, like I said, I've, so far I've unlocked five of them. I think there might be eight or ten different ones altogether. Uh, but I'm still fairly early on in the story of the game, so there's that. Uh, the mission terminal is there. There's uh, that's for the standard like I don't want to necessarily say fetch quest, but that's for the standard like re- repeatable missions, I guess. You you go to a terminal and you pick them up. A lot of times, what I'll do is I'll go and uh, I'll search through the missions and see like I'll, especially the, for the collecting ones, the gathering missions. Uh, I'll see what I already have. And I'll pick that mission. It'll immediately be uh, be uh, completed. Completed, yeah. Which is nice. It'll give you a little experience boost. Plus, it increases the infinity affinity with your your party members. Uh, which but is some, a whole other thing. Yep. Yeah, but there, <laughs> some of them will lead to uh, like bigger, more lengthy missions. Um, there's one I'm waiting for for uh, an affinity mission. That I'm waiting for it to pop up. I need it has something to do with a wedding. I'm not really sure, but some some of those will lead to more important quest lines, and mm-hmm. aren't just your standard fetch quests, if you will. Um, you want to talk about online? Sure. Okay. Uh, as I said, I'm still a little confused about some of the online stuff. There's actually a lot more online functionality than I thought initially. Yeah. Um. One of the things well, you can do is the online stuff doesn't entirely open up until, you know, 10 hours in or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. definitely. It definitely takes takes a little while. Uh, one of the things I think is really cool that you can do is it has a system similar to the Dragon's Dogma Pawn system. Uh, you can have someone else's party member join your squad for, or someone else's main character. You can put your character like I put my character out so someone can download it. And what's cool about that is that have people's play. characters are just randomly out there. Yeah, they're peppered the out world. throughout the world, too. There's there's a few in your actual barracks that you can recruit into your party, but like if you happen to go out on a mission and only have brought three people with you, you can just hire this person that's just hanging out for whatever Chilling. reason. Yeah. yeah, and you're right. They're peppered throughout the game world, which is kind of cool. They'll be like looking through binoculars at, at like a distant vista or – hanging out outside a cave, you know, what what have you. 
which is cool. Uh, and then you get rewards if someone ends up using your your person. I only had ended up getting rewards one time, I think, mm. for someone using my my character. Uh, it's not as in depth as the Dragon's Dogma pawn system, but it's it's similar and and it works. Uh, there's also, like I said, the the divisions thing is more for online, and my under this is just my understanding of it. Uh, I think it seems like there's so, some sort of competition between the different blades, online blades units. Yeah. Um, I know mine's usually last or next to last, and it it's all like there'll be worldwide, uh, global like missions that you have to accomplish as, you know, a bunch of random players uh and you know if you complete i guess if you complete those as a team it gives you points something something along those lines yeah and i still haven't quite figured it all out but go ahead Corey. if you're achieving your division's objectives i think you're constantly earning points for your division yeah um but there is i could be wrong on that but there is also like you said uh certain um specific objectives that i i think (laughs) that pop up at the bottom of yep. your screen on the bottom right that'll tell that'll tell you to collect certain resources it'll tell you to to kill certain certain bad guys yeah uh, and that will go towards your your division score yep and if your division happens to do well you get a reward um which is an item or an item that you can sell for a good amount of currency yeah which my division is usually second or third okay so i always get the reward tickets yep and use those to get an item that gives me 10,000 currency that that's a that's a regular division reward the reward tickets are used to buy rare resources all right okay i got you a lot yep, of times I, i'll use those to i'll buy items to complete quests for that too yes because there are some that are hard to find out in the wild yeah unless you want to do a lot of grinding which right. I, I you know I do a little bit of grinding, but not too much. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's also a, apparently a way you can group up for missions. I have mm-hmm. not done that yet, and I haven't quite figured out how it all works. Well, every time I check the active mission screen, there's never anybody recruiting. Yeah, I, I've gotten invitations into parties that I haven't accepted just because I don't know. I think that's for the the nemesis, the global nemesis. Oh, uh, okay. Quest. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I've had I've had a, gotten a couple invites into into like a group mission or whatever. Yep, I actually got invited to one and accepted it, uh-huh. and nothing ever happened. Oh, it's really? A, I got like a message that said like you can't join this now or something like that. I don't know, but the level requirement was one to sixty, so I don't know how that all plays out. Do you go into an area with a bunch of other random people and they give you a all a specific level and upscale you or downscale you to that level? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to see like an in-depth analysis and breakdown of how all those systems work. Cause I haven't well, figured I those of, out. I, th- I thought about researching it, but part of the fun of the game is figuring, figuring that yeah, stuff out. On yeah, your absolutely. Own. Cause I, I'm sure at some point I will stumble onto, onto, onto it. Like I said, usually when I'm playing, I, I don't have a, a large chunk of time set aside to just play Xenoblade. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of my play when I can game and complete a mission or objective when I can, uh, so when I have like a chunk of time, I'll usually play something else, but I think it's yeah. also perfect for that. But it's also, I mean, me and Corey both, it won our thummies for best rainy day game. Cause I also think it's perfect for that, you know? Yes, sir. 
Um, so yeah, let's talk about companions a little bit. Uh, obviously there's, like I said, Elma is one of the first ones you meet, but there's, I think eight different companions. And then apparently there's some ones that came with the downloadable content that were downloadable mm. that I already mm. had in my team. I don't know how I didn't happened. have any on my team. Well, I to start, I mean, not to start, but you can recruit them by doing, oh, okay. doing side missions. Lao Is that one of them? Lao is one of them. HB is one of them. I have both those Bose. guys. Bose. I don't Bo- have that. Bose. Character. Bose. No, don't have that one. Yeah, there are apparently extra characters that come through DLC. Okay. Did you do the download the the packs? The extra packs for Xenoblade? I don't know if I did. Should I? Where do I do that? It's in the Nintendo eShop. It's free. Uh and the, mm. it's supposed to improve load times and like graphics and textures and stuff. Oh, no, they're huge. So if you don't have an extra hard drive for your Wii U, I wouldn't recommend it because I think it's. Well, I don't ten, have anything on my Wii U though. Ten gigabytes worth of data. How big is a Wii U hard drive? I think yours is thirty-two gigabytes. So as long as you Might don't have, have anything from... downloaded on it, I don't. I don't really. I can just delete everything. I don't really care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have a bunch of different companions you can choose from. They all have a different class. Uh, they fit together differently in, into a party. Um, and you, based on how long you have, you spend with someone doing missions and stuff, or doing things that they like in conversations when you're having having a conversation with an NPC, uh, you get a bonus to affinity. Still not quite sure how all how affinity all plays out, but <coughs> well, the, I'm pretty the sure missions, the missions have affinity requirements. Some of them, yeah, some of them have affinity requirements. Yeah, that might be like a completionist thing, but I, I'm almost positive it has some sort of effect in combat too. I think if you have higher affinity with someone, you might get like bonuses when you do combos together. Because uh, when I bring in a new party member. Uh, even if they have like comparable gear and stuff, they always end up dying a lot faster mm. than like because I've had Alma with me pretty much my entire time and she never dies. So leveling up their battle arts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I don't know. There's that's, that's interesting. Yeah, there's uh, affinity missions that that have certain requirements. So like, um, I did one today. It was uh, uh for Gwen. You know, Gwen. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had to find his cat, so I had to have I had to have Elma and Lynn in my party, um, and I had to be level like seventeen, I think. And it all it'll list all the requirements on there, and they're just littered throughout New LA. It's another thing. Like if you don't explore New LA, you might miss a lot of that stuff, you know, um, because they're they'll just randomly be there, mm-hmm. uh, and don't show up on as well on the uh, the Wii U gamepad map no they're sneaky yeah you've, you've got to look on the mini map on there but you also have to like the mini map only shows a certain radius so you've got to actually like go to these places to see if they're there um but yeah those uh, those are good for raising your affinity for your characters there's also heart to hearts which are like uh a conversation you'll have with a party member uh that boosts your affinity too which is cool if the yep. affinity missions are some of my favorite too because it's the the little more uh a uh, little Pers- bit different quest like you said you rescued the cat yeah you know it can yep. be silly stuff like that uh and also that there's a lot of really good writing in the game and i i can't speak to the japanese version of the game but uh i feel like the localization for this game was extremely well done oh yeah definitely because it there are so many like 
tired RPG tropes. Yeah. But they do a, a, a really good job of writing around them or voice acting around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the only thing that comes from is just good localization, you know? Yeah. I think that's why it took so long for it to come out. Yeah. I, the game has been done for a while. It came out in Japan, like, early last year, I think. Um, but they took that much time to localize everything and, and, and like you said, do it well. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, let's see. I mean, I guess I can talk about the scale a little bit. Go for it. Don't, uh, don't spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, so apparently if you like kind of run through the story, you can get there at like 25 hours. Um, it took me till four, about 45 hours when I, when I got my scale, uh, which scale is, uh, the mechs that are in Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, it's a hard game to run through the story in because, uh, like we talked about with the affinity missions, the main story missions have requirements. Like one of them you'll have to, you have to, I think you have to explore like 30% of oblivia. Uh, so that's not something you can do in an hour or two, you know, that takes some time. Um, to complete that objective to unlock the story mission. So there's no like running through the main story in this game. Like you could in like say uh, an Assassin's Creed or whatever, you know, a game that you can run through the story in. And you don't want to, it's no. like, it's enjoyable it's, to explore. It's, it's, definitely... it's like going to a museum and just trying to go through it as fast as you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, what's the point, you know? Totally. Um, I mean, I've had, I've just thoroughly enjoyed my time with, with Xenoblade Chronicles X and, um, you know, I've spent 54 hours and I'm still like kind of in the beginning of the story. You know, that's saying something, uh, even though I do like my long RPGs. Um, this one may end up being the longest that I've played in a long time. So ever, maybe, uh, I mean, as far as like stuff, you know, amount of time I've going to spend with it before I beat it, probably, yeah. uh, because like I think of a game like, you know, Morrowind, uh, that I probably spent a thousand hours playing back in the day, but you know, the first time I beat it, it might've took me like 40 or 50 hours. And it was after that, that I did all the exploring and all the, all the extra stuff. So mine, I mean, dragon age, I think was the the game I put the most time in before I beat. And that was 114, I think hours. Yeah. Inquisition. Which is, that's, I don't know. Nothing to sneeze at. That's for sure. No, that's true. Uh, so yeah, the scales, um, Yet another thing, uh, kind of complex. It's got there's uh, three light mechs or three three light scales, three medium scales, three heavy scales. Um, they all have different pluses and minuses. The the small scale you can use to do a lot of uh, a lot of your arts attacks because your scale has fuel in it, um, and using special attacks and stuff you use the scale fuel. So uh, the heavier ones do heavier damage. They'll use up fuel, so they won't be able to use as many special attacks and stuff. Uh, but have more hit points so they can do more standard, you know, gun damage. Uh, a lot of different weapon slots for those. There's, you know, your standard melee, standard uh, uh, ranged weapons. Um, and then they, I think they each have four weapons you can equip for the left-hand side and four weapons you can equip for the right-hand side. And those are your abilities, and like like uh, when you're not fighting in the scale. Uh, they, they're the ones that have the colors based on which, which weapons you equip in which slots. So like I have four melee weapons on my scale currently. Um, so if someone calls out a melee soul voice, I'm set, but like, I don't have a purple one for some reason. And they're all 
factored into there. Once you're in your scale, is it pretty much scale from then on or no? Is there a reason to get out of your scale and fight stuff? Um, I mean, I was, I did some fighting like indoors and some caves that won't fit in because it's too big. Uh, um, I think it's, it's probably a lot scale, but yeah. Uh-huh. I is mean, the I, use unlimited or yeah. is there uh like yeah. a require like a require like in fallout's power armor? No, I mean, there's, there's the fuel, but that's only for like using special abilities and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can just run around in it. It's got uh, different modes, too. Like, <clears throat> it's got a flying mode, which I haven't unlocked yet, the standard mech mode, and then uh, it turns into, like, a motorcycle almost for sprinting, basically, for going fast, which is kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, it, the the most interesting thing about the scale is how you realize, because, yeah, when you're running around on the ground, it's it's a big world, but you really realize how big everything is once you get in your scale because that's big in and of itself uh so it really like really gives you a sense of scale in xenoblade and how big everything is i've got one for myself and then because elma is the only other character i have that's a high enough level i bought her a scale too because like everything else in the game like there's all different weapons you can equip with it you can add you know, uh, bonuses and stuff to those. Um, there's different levels for the scales. Like I think they're 30, 40, 50, 60, like everything else. Um, a lot of different options. Mods. Mo- yeah. Modifications. Yeah. There's the augments, weapon augments that you can put on it. You can That's customize all, yeah. Customize all the colors and stuff in the barracks, which is cool. Barracks are another thing you can customize in the game. There's a lot. It really is. I feel like I'm. I didn't. I glossed over everything too. Like, I know I'm missing some systems that are in the game. Yep. Can you think of anything that I might have missed, Corey? Uh, not off the top of my head. I'm sure there is, though. Yeah. There's a lot there. A lot to chew yeah. on for an RPG. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the things I really like about it. It's not. It's definitely not a simple game. It's a very complex game. There's a lot, lot going on with it. No, and I, I mean, I was kind of critic. I wasn't critic. I don't. I don't recall ever being critical of the game. I mm-hmm. think when we initially just briefly talked about it and uh, what we played, I, I said I just didn't give it enough time to really judge it. Yeah. Um, but I always have sort of a negative reaction to games that say like, "Oh, you know, you just got to play it for like ten hours before yeah. it clicks." Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not fair to ask that of somebody. Yeah. Um, so my advice for if you're thinking about playing Xenoblade, and I think everybody should if you have a Wii U, yeah, uh, and you're mildly interested in role playing games, give it a try. Uh, give it a try. But my advice would be to don't get caught up in everything at the start. Don't try to understand everything at the start. Just do what you enjoy. Yeah. Whatever you're having fun with in that game, just keep doing it for a little while, and everything else will start to click on its own. Yeah. I think I really totally think that's agree. the best way to play it. And and for me, it was a good 10 or 15 hours before I really felt like I had a grasp on everything. Um, but once you kind of have that moment with things as you figure them out, it's it's really rewarding. Yeah, it's that shot of dopamine when you finally figure out a system that's been confusing you for a while. Yeah, like I'll still get that dopamine when I figure out how all the online stuff works. Yep. And you can exactly. you can get away. That's my point is you can get away with not understanding all that stuff. Yeah. 
arguably through the whole game. Yeah, definitely. It, it lends itself to micromanaging, but you also don't need to do any of that if you don't want to. You can just upgrade your gear. And, and like we talked about, like I'm overleveled for all the story stuff, so um, you could just like grind out a few levels and, and just be overleveled for every, everything you go into and have an easier time with the, with the combat. So. Yep. Yep, and even, you know, there's always something to do, whether it's exploring, doing the, the basic quests, killing tyrants, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Uh, just gathering, you know, items. It's, it's just, just follow your follow the fun. Yep. It's the best way to play this game. Totally. Uh, dislikes. Do you have a dislikes, Corey? I really only had one that I could think of. Okay. And that is the one thing that frustrates me is when I'm trying to get somewhere. Uh-huh. And I spend half an hour trying to get there only to realize I can't get there without a scale. Yeah. That can be frustrating. I've had a few of those moments myself, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a I was doing a mission in Oblivia and I had no idea there was only one way to get there that I didn't know. And because the map and the world is so huge, uh and a lot of the places when you access them, there's no obvious way to get to one area from another. I probably spent two or three hours trying to get to a spot. Uh, I finally managed to get there in a roundabout way, but definitely there's there's that. Uh, it's it, there's there's some places that you just can't get to off the bat until you can fly, uh, or like one of the places I went tried to get to, it was through a cave with mm-hmm. aggroed monsters uh, that were way higher level than me that I couldn't get to yet. So yeah, yeah, it's that. it's not too bad like i always make the joke the the elder scrolls mountain climbing simulator kind of thing yeah it's not to it's not to that point right. only because you can jump so high yeah that it's obvious to you that you can't scale a certain cliff just right. because your jump is so huge you know right um so there's a huge cliff shear yeah if you can't make it and it's, it's obvious right away just by looking at it you don't try to climb up it only to find out halfway that you can't go the rest rest of the way yeah but, yeah, uh, like this one spot I tried to find in a, in a Oblivia was like it was apparently it was it was a lake like in the upper north northeastern corner of it. So I went I like circumnavigated that entire area trying to jump up and and like there was a land bridge that I tried to go up on but that led to just like a a canyon that didn't access where I needed to go. Uh it was it was it was a task trying to get to that that one spot. What do you think the fix would be? Maybe like a topography elevation in your mini map? No. No. I don't know if there's a fix for that necessarily. Yeah. I mean it wasn't it wasn't a huge issue with me. It was a, a minor annoyance, I guess, for me. Because I you know, while I was doing all that, I was, you know, finding side quests that I had picked up. I was finding bad guys that I needed to kill for that and, and the collectibles littered everywhere, like that helps too, because a lot of times when you get into a new area, you get a bunch of collectibles that you haven't gotten yet. So, yep. uh, that's, so it's that, not a total waste helpful. of time. No, definitely be, not. There's also yeah. always something you can be doing even if you're nece- you know, trying to do something specific. So, Yeah. Was Speaking that- of the, the map, though, yeah. um, I forgot to mention that I think it's a rare case of a worthwhile use of the gamepad. Oh, yeah on the Wii U because it's so much easier to tap a segment yep. on the gamepad than it would be to scroll through all the thousands of segments oh, to that, go where you want to fast travel. That would be a nightmare. Yeah. There that really that's I mean the Wii U's only system I think that this game would work on. Oh uh, maybe the 3DS because it has the touch screen on the bottom of it, but 
Uh, I think it's too big of a game to go on the 3DS. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, definitely, uh, definitely a prominent feature. Because I, I also tried playing that on the uh, the gamepad. Did you, did you try? It doesn't. It doesn't work out too well on the gamepad, which is one of my problems with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles on the 3DS. Yeah, uh, it really needs to be on a big screen to experience everything. And part of it is the writing is is really small. Like you can't. You, you literally about. can't read the font. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're playing on gamepad only, yeah, it's too small. You can't read it. I even have to like sit kind of close to my TV to read right. it, like on the screen. If you and have a small TV and sit far away, you won't be able to read it either. Yep, I uh, sit on the corner of my couch, which is closest to the TV, and pan it towards me. Yep, that's how I play. And uh, also, if you're playing on the gamepad, the screen isn't great on the gamepad, so you're missing out on a lot of the the beauty of yeah, the game if you absolutely. do that. So, not overly gamepad friendly, but I do like how they uh, use it as a companion to the yep. main screen. Totally. Uh, any other dislikes? No, I've got a, a couple minor ones. Uh, the first one, it, it's a game. One of my annoyances with a, a lot of games, it's it's that it runs, uh, it's thirty frames per second, locked at thirty mm. frames, or capped at thirty frames. Um, it's just a visual annoyance. It's not a gameplay annoyance um, because the gameplay isn't re- really reliant on a smooth frame rate, which is good because it's very MMORPG like. Uh, it just looks kind of annoying when you're scrolling the camera around really fast, and you, I, I see the stutter like, like you wouldn't believe. Um, and it annoys me a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you're right. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I can't tell a difference because you can. It's obvious. Yeah. But it just doesn't bother me. I don't know. Yeah. See, it really it's, doesn't. In game, like shooters and, and uh, like action games, like uh, I'll, I'll use um, Final Fantasy Type-O is a, a very action-y game. And it almost makes 30 frames per second and that almost makes it unplayable for me. Mm. Uh, because it just feels so like sluggish, you know, uh, whereas in this game, like it, it's not, it's a little bit actiony, but it's not actiony like, like, uh, final fantasy typo, you know? Right. Um, for it's just a, like a, like a visual annoyance in, in Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, uh, I can deal with it. It's fine. Um, and then my other dislike, I think Tatsu is a little bit annoying and obnoxious. Mm. You didn't think it was funny that everyone wanted to eat him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that wears thin after a little while. Like, okay, okay, okay Tatsu. Uh, it, I mean, it's a very Japanese thing. Uh, yeah. but, and there's there's a couple other – there's another uh, race of aliens. I don't know if you've met them yet, but they have uh, Alvin and the chip, Chipmunk-like voices, and it's uh, fairly annoying. Don't think I have met them. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit obnoxious too. But uh, other than that, like – I really love Xenoblade Chronicles X. If I had had more time with it before the Thummies, I probably would have had it higher on yeah. my Game of the Year list. It might have even been like third. Yeah. That's how much I'm enjoying I, it right now. Yep. I was going to say the same thing. If if I had been able to been able and willing to give it more time last year, it probably would have cracked my top five. Yeah. But uh, alas, that's how our reward system works, you know? That's how it rolls, yeah. Yep. I think it probably missed out on a few games because I know like the cutoff for a lot of places was like the end of December or the yeah. middle of December rather for 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 awards even the beginning of December. Um, and it's because it's such a long game and there's no way yeah. to like run through it. Uh, I think it probably missed out on other other uh, gaming publications awards too. You know. Sure. It's it's just not easily consumable. No. You know? It's a lot easier to sit down and play Undertale in a night than it is oh, yeah. to 
spend the I don't know what would you say would be the required amount of time to really get a feel for Xenoblade man I don't know 40 hours maybe look up the how long to beat it's Um, well I mean I think it's I think it's 60 the yeah I think you're right but that's just to go through the story like that I don't know I don't feel like you would get get enough from the game if you just played through played through the story you know yeah trying to because like i said one of the cool things about it is uh doing side missions like have an actual effect on new los angeles a lot of them main story uh 61 hours 49 minutes 100 percent, 209 hours yeah (laughs) i could see that i i'll be i'll be easily over 100 hours i I bet you i'll be about 150 hours when i finally finish it if i had to guess I don't know. I'm not sure what they're considering 100%, but at least it's not collecting shards. You know You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think – I don't know because 100% would be like doing all the – having the all the hexes on the map scouted, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that would be all uh, because there's a bunch of like crafting and stuff and leveling up all the AMs and there's – doing all the maybe all the heart to hearts and all the affinity missions and stuff i wonder if factors all that in into it i want an option for like fallout and dragon age like a turn off the crap button yeah you know what i mean like i don't need the radiant story bullshit oh i i yeah i hate that i don't need the repeatable over and over quests from the factions that they don't make obvious are just repeatable over and over again. Yeah, you know, actually, you think you're accomplishing something, only to discover you're not. I think I, re- I read a Forbes Games article about that. How there needs to be a way. Uh, maybe the mods will fix that, but there needs to be a way to just turn those off, Man, or I to make to it for Forbes, or to make. Well, the, I love those guys. I read yeah. all their all their articles. Uh, Eric Kane and Paul Tassi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there need they at least need to let you know that it's just a repeatable quest and it, and it doesn't matter. You know. Um, oh, another one of the things I like about Xenoblade Chronicles X is how New Los Angeles changes as the game progresses. Yeah. When you first uh like when you first, you know, get there and and get acquainted and stuff, it's it's very like basic looking, you know, it's metal panels and stuff, but uh as you play the game and do quests and stuff, uh I talked earlier about unlocking the the extra store. Uh it, you know, it becomes like 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 lived in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're starting to pop up signs and there's like advertisements in different places for the arms manufacturers that I've unlocked. And, uh, like I said, I opened up a few storefronts. There's very obvious like construction going on in the, in the city. Um, I even did a, a series of side quests to, that made a water purification plant out in Primordia. So that's like, we're starting to like expand into the outer area outside the city limits, which is also yeah. really cool. You feel like you have like a permanent effect on yep. the on the game world, which is awesome. It's and it's a place you you wanna be. It's oh, yeah. a place you wanna spend time in. Definitely. And that is does wonders for yep. a game like this. You know, a huge open world game with two hundred plus hours of content, uh, it better be, you know, a place you enjoy yeah. and get a lot out of. Yeah. I mean if I had to guess too, I would never think that I've played it for fifty four hours. It's it to yeah. me. It, it's gone by. It feels like twelve or fifteen. You know. Yep. I can't remember the last time uh, a big role playing game like this had me hooked. Yeah. To the point where I, a lot of 
the more recent role-playing games, I play until I get sick of it and stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I can't remember the last time I played an RPG like this and didn't get to that point where I'm like, all right, I just got to stop. Yeah. Um, I just, I could play and keep playing and, you know, pull an all-nighter if I really felt like I could manage the next day. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, it really is. Favorite moment? Do you have any standout moments? Um... Yeah, so I so it's a story spoiler though, and I don't. Well, I'll give mine because it's not really a story story spoiler. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite moments was I spent a lot of time in Primordia before I explored any of the other yeah continents. Uh-huh. Uh But the first time, well, actually, <laughs> the first time I tried to get to Noct- Noctilium, Noctilium, yeah, yep. Um, I ended up jumping off a huge cliff in Primordia and trying uh-huh. to swim up the side of Noctilum. Oh, I probably yeah. swam for 20 minutes and it was just cliff after cliff. Like I was just skirting the cliffs of Noctilum and couldn't get up there. Yeah, um, I know. I, I've, I've done that a couple different times. Yeah, so that wasn't Kinda. my favorite moment. Right. Fortunately, you can fast travel out of water. Yeah. Uh, which I did. But the, the second time I actually visited Noctilum uh, was really cool because it was a totally alien world and like you said, kind of jungly. Yeah. Made um, me think of Avatar. Yeah, and the the music changed over, and I started seeing all this new flora I hadn't seen before. And you get one of the archaeological sites, and you tap it open, and then it like burst into fluttering bees or something like that. I don't know. It's just, I'm, and I was thinking to myself, and I actually said uh, in the chat that Xenoblade is all the No Man's Sky that I need. Yeah, you know that discovering weird alien planets yeah. you know it doesn't need to be random for me uh, not that that's not a cool feature but right. just something like that is enough for me to just yeah yeah, yeah. It, i don't know it was great it was that. really cool yeah i mean other than story stuff um favorite moment probably uh the you know the very first time you uh after you go out into the city or after you you know uh go into the city and then go out and right there is a big lake where all the, a lot of the really giant um, creatures are dinosaur looking things. And yeah, just walking around that and like looking up and seeing how big it is. And then it like lowered its head into the water and started drinking. Yeah. I don't know. I was just like, wow, that's a small detail. Uh, But there's, there was even like, you could hear it drinking. Um, And it was just, like I said, a small detail, but I was just like, wow, this is really, really neat. It goes back Very to your cool Jurassic game. Park yeah. comparison. Yeah, definitely. You know, that moment where they see the, the Brachiosaurus or yep. Brontosaurus or whatever. It was a little bit like that, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can't uh, say enough good things about Xenoblade. At the same time, like, I think it would be a hard game to recommend to everybody, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, you should try it if you know someone that has it. Like, Will and Eric should probably try it at some point. Um, but it would be – it's such – caters to a specific – taste kind of which yeah. is something i like about it it's definitely not uh every man's game you know yeah and i'm still curious to see if it's gonna hold me all the way through right right now it is but i don't know if that'll that'll change you know once once i stop discovering systems and and all that stuff and exploration maybe becomes tedious i don't know yeah we yeah, we'll will see. see yep like i said 54, but- 54 hours so far in a snap but me. even the characters you know i'm so invested in that i just want to hang out with them yeah i mean a lot of people said the story uh isn't great um i think it's fine 
so far. Yeah, I've I've, I've, I've fun with it. I've liked it. Yeah, at this to this point, like I said, I'm either on mission chapter six. I think I just finished chapter six. Maybe I'm on chapter seven now. Um, but yeah, good stuff. All right, shall we move on? Yes, sir. Nibble bits. Uh, I'll go because I only have one. EA, EA Access is coming to PC uh, via its gaming client Origin. It's going to be four ninety nine a month. It's very similar to the Xbox One uh, system. Also, being a subscriber gives you bonuses like uh, 10% off DLC, um, early access to games that uh, are coming out. I think, is it a week early that you get maybe? Um, a handful of days, I think. Yeah. So Three days? Something like that. I saw that there's no yearly subscription, though. No, but I can imagine they'll add it at some point. Is that something you're interested in? Do you see the game games they're offering? Yeah. Uh, the the ones that I would be interested in, I kind of already have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it, – once, like, Battlefront is going to go on there, instead of buying Battlefront for myself, uh, I can subscribe for a month to EA Access and play Battlefront and get bored with it, you know, after 10 hours or whatever. Yeah. And not have to – spend 30 or 40 or 50 bucks on it. So that's cool. Uh, I mean, it was, it was one of the big factors, uh, into my, my choosing of Xbox one for the, um, for the thummy for most valuable console that's now on PC. So, you know, come on, Dan Snoop dog was not happy with Xbox. I, yeah. Well, that's a, you see that? Did you see that? I did. Instagram. I did. What, what were the servers down or something? I don't know what happened. Yeah. Xbox live was down and he, created a video on instagram oh, okay uh basically i mean he said fix your shit yeah <laughs> or he's gonna switch to ps4 oh, okay <laughs> that's Good funny for snoop uh but yeah i mean that's that you know that takes a plus out of the xbox one category yeah but ps4 has been down probably more than xbox i would no I i'm would talking say. about yay access coming to pc oh yeah 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 uh there's obviously not gonna be as many games for the pc version uh like madden always goes up on the xbox one uh, NHL always goes up, but those are not games that are come on come onto PC. FIFA is on PC, so um, yeah, good stuff. I like but that. Dan, Dead Space one, two, and three. I hated Dead Space one, so <laughs> I, know I have you no, did. no interest in playing two or three. What about Sim City? Uh, I, I would like to try Sim City. Uh, no, the, the game fourteen, Steamy Turd. That's true. I probably would rather play a game like City Skylines than than Sim City. Uh, the only game that was on there that really interested me that I don't already own is uh, Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare. Yeah, I did want to try that. So, I but be, I would be into that. Yeah, like I said, uh, once more games come onto the vault, then I'll be interested. Once, like I said, once Battlefront comes onto the vault, I'll, I'll subscribe and play my Battlefront for five or ten hours before I get bored with it. What is? Did you ever try the Nvidia subscription thing? Yeah, grid. No, the uh, GE Force Now. Yeah, service. Yeah, I had Are there free a- games in that. Yeah, I had free access to that one when I had my Nvidia Shield when they were like beta testing it. There's a lot of games on there. Hmm. But you think a better offering right now than EA Access? Uh, I don't know what the price was. Seven ninety nine. It's all dependent on internet connection and stuff too. Like oh, at right, least at yeah. because le- they're streamed from. Um, I, so I always had to, I had to have my tablet be wired and all that stuff. I don't know. Can you play those games on, on computer? 
or is it just on mobile devices or the uh, Nvidia Shield? Only available on Shield devices. Oh, so the Shield and then the 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 tablet and the handheld probably, and then the set top box. Only available on Shield devices, but you get a selection of PC games from the recent past for unlimited gameplay. And that's according to ExtremeTech.com. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's I mean that's dependent on internet connection or is EA access. You download the games and yeah. play them. So that's my nibble bit. What do you got, Corey? Harvest Moon Seeds of Memories is now available on iOS. I thought of Will when I saw this, but he's not on. So, Will, if you're listening, for $9.99, you can get Harvest Moon Seeds of Memories on your iPhone. Well, is that a port? Yeah. Oh, which one was it? Which port? Which Harvest Moon the game was it? The last one? Oh, really? I th- no, Friends of Mineral Town. There's been so many. I know. Let me uh, just do a quick Google search here. I really only loved, I loved the first one. And then one of the PlayStation ones that came out, I really liked. Was it PlayStation or was it GameCube? I don't know. Uh, the Game Boy one was the best. I don't know. I like the first one, the Super Nintendo one. No, wasn't that the Game Boy one? Didn't the Game Boy one come first? Come first? I don't think so. Super. It was out on Super Nintendo initially. That was the... Oh, maybe... Maybe it, I'm wrong. Maybe this is iOS only. It's a new release. No, it's on the Wii U, but maybe they launched together. Is it on Virtual Console? Seeds of Memories. Release years by system. 2016, Microsoft Windows, Wii U, iOS, and Android. Oh. oh new game. Sorry. Uh, the Lost Valley was the last one. Gotcha. Okay think i don't know this wikipedia page isn't making any sense <clears throat> anyway not important more importantly to the moon 2 has a name and a target release time i don't know if you saw the article dan i did it's called finding paradise and uh-huh. another one where you explore the memories of uh it's actually the character grown up from a bird story yep sean i don't remember his name i haven't played it uh, but that should ideally release sometime this year. Ken Gao, the creator, uh, would like to release it this year, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. I wonder if it's going to be a tearjerker like the first one. I don't know. I think if it were me, it's I'd hard... take it in a, yeah. in a different direction. Yeah, That's a hard act to follow, I think. Yep. The The humor was definitely there, so maybe a little bit more of that. Uh-huh. Not quite the tearjerker. I don't know. Turn into a thriller. <laughs> That would be cool. <laughs> Something. It probably it's not likely to make me sob like the first one did, but maybe. Who knows? Uh, like I said, that's a tough act to follow. Yeah. So. Sure is. There was a good thread on Reddit today, uh, what movies destroyed you. Okay. There are some good ones. Well, like what? I can't remember the number one, the most upvoted one, but like Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind. Yeah. Uh, Boston, Robin Williams, Matt Damon, uh-huh. Ben Affleck. What's that movie? Um, <laughs> I just watched it too. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, that was good. That was up there. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. That's a good Which, movie. There were there were a lot of good ones, and I was like, "Yep, I can see all of those." Yeah. 
Uh, ESPN is getting into esports. It's funny because this is right after Activision Blizzard said they want to be the ESPN of esports. I think there's going to be a lot of ESPN of esports until there actually is one, you know? Yeah. Uh, Right now it's just existing as a a channel on their webpage. Uh, I don't know if this means there will be like a sports center for esports at 2 a.m. on Saturday night or something. I don't know. Um, I checked out the page. Nothing really caught my eye. Uh It was a lot of like League of Legends and Dota and stuff like that. I was they do cover Hearthstone. I was looking for more of that. None none of that jumped out at me. Okay. So I probably I don't know. We'll see. I'd like for them to do even if it's just like a a web series, just like like a sports center for esports. Recap, just like a a recap of what happened yesterday in esports. Because that'd be be easy way to keep up on that stuff. Yeah, I wonder if someone already does that. I'm sure someone already does that and does a good job of it. It's just not not out there yet, you know. I don't know if if there's one that encompasses you know all the big ones. I I could I'm sure there's one like you know the League the of Dota Two guy you yeah. know who covers everything that happened in Dota Two. Yeah, uh, but that guy probably doesn't also cover the other ones. League of Legends. Well, it, part I'm, of it I'm, too is you, I mean you have to play the game and know it to be able to call it and recap events that happened in it. You know. Yeah. And they're I mean I know they're all have the same basic idea, but. Doesn't League of Legends have like a hundred characters that you kind of have to know, like something what's like going that? On? Yeah, it's almost. I mean, it's when you say it like that, it sounds overwhelming. But when you think about the ESPN's a bad example because I don't think ESPN does the best job of covering sports. But you think right. about one of those guys, one of those anchors or whatever, or uh, broadcasters. Right. They know every player on an NFL team. You know? Yeah. And and that, to me, tr- that is the equivalent of knowing like all the characters in League of Legends, and also knowing all the characters all the in Dota, and also knowing all the heroes in Hearthstone. And here's the storm. Um, it's just that mastery. Like, there's maybe that's our niche. Maybe we need to <laughs> get to that point. It won't be me. I can tell you that much. No, not for lack of desire, but but here's the lack thing. Of time. You- you start watching uh, eSports Center uh-huh. every every morning. Yeah. Half hour. I don't know how long Sports Center is, but. I think it's an hour. Uh, like people do with sports, and you just start to pick up on it, and eventually, you know. Yeah. Listen to eSports talk radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. It's really not. Uh, there's that. And, uh, somebody else tweeted the Amazon prime. I think it was Eric tweeted the Amazon prime members get 20% off pre-orders and new games now, which is a pretty good deal. Um, I know a lot of retailers are offering Eric does. Do you do the best buy thing where they offer you a discount? Yep. Uh, I don't know if it's comparable or not, but it is a competitive thing to do nowadays, especially with, uh, I know Green Man Gaming is just PC games, but you get more and more of those distributors that offer deals. Yeah. And you kind of got to do something like that to, to yeah, get definitely. in the game. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's good a good thing to have for physical releases. Because like you said, I buy pretty much all my PC games anymore from Green Man Gaming and get 20 mm-hmm. to 25% off plus no tax, which is also saving you five bucks per game. So Yeah. Well, you want a new console game? Uh, why not get twenty percent off on Amazon and get it delivered Definitely. on day of release? Definitely. You know, what's wrong with that? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. 
I wonder. I, I bet you GameStop is going to be next. They've got to do something. Don't yeah. You think? Yeah. What they need to do is put an Oculus Rift in every store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was uh, an article from the CEO of GameStop. I think about uh, um, the re- the releases for those and how he said the the PS4 one has the biggest uh, games lineup so far. Mm. But I think that, that's also because they're probably going to be selling the PSVR, where I think Oculus Rift is only available via the Oculus Store. You know, it's kind of a self serving right prediction. Is it true the vibe's going to be more? I don't know. Like significantly more? I heard that. I haven't rumor. heard any any price pricing announcements. Hmm. There's well, been I some... mean, if it's true, if it's true that uh, Oculus is selling at cost, then yeah. I could definitely see the Vive being quite a bit more. More. Yeah. Some people think it's better too. It's a better headset. I've actually read comparisons. Um, they said the Vive is bigger and heavier, and that may be uncomfortable for long hour long periods of play. But I guess they use the same exact screen, but the Vive is taller, I think is what I read. Huh. So you have more up and down vision huh. as opposed to the Oculus Rift. I like that. Yeah. So it's more looking like you're in an actual world, and that's why they yeah, thought yeah. it was better. But they use the exact same like definition, and oh, I think it's an OLED screen. I guess. I don't know. It's cool. out of my it's out of my price range, so I, I don't care right now. I just want to try it. Yeah. I I might do the mobile VR thing. I can get a headset for forty bucks that I can put my phone in. There's a bunch of uh like cardboard Google cardboard apps or Samsung Gear VR apps. Just to try it out. Yeah. That's all I have for nibble bits. Okay. How's your week? Good. I actually had a few things I wanted to talk about. Uh, I've watched a bunch of movies recently. Nice. A lot of new movies. Uh, Star Wars, of course. I don't think I ever talked about that. No, I don't think so. Because we, you weren't that. on for what we played or uh, our weeks last week. So yeah, I saw that the week after. We there the day after Christmas. Uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Dan, you need to go see it. I know. I'll get there at some point. Well, like Will said, uh, the movie theaters are still sold out of it around here. So Yeah, that's crazy. I guess my hopes and dreams of seeing it in an almost empty theater are just not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, But I also watched The Revenant, uh-huh. which was a fantastic Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I didn't realize that's based on a true story. Yeah, I've heard a little is- bit about it insane to me mm-hmm. uh, watching it there's a i'm not going to spoil anything but there's a scene with a bear that's all i'm going to say and it was awesome nice one of my favorite movie moments ever wow Re- i really enjoyed it that much and i also saw the hateful eight which is quentin tarantino's newest flick i wasn't all that impressed with it um and i'm not I, I to be fair i'm not a huge quentin tarantino guy i think pulp fiction was great right uh you know kill bill was all right i wasn't that impressed with it um jackie brown was meh what was the one he came out with before oh django i think was my favorite or pulp fiction one or the other but anyway uh hatefully not great uh it's a 
pretty much takes place in one place mm-hmm. the whole movie, which is fine. But the writing better be fantastic, right. and the acting better be even better. Is it a little bit like Dusk Till Dawn? Oh, with uh, Clooney. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It yeah. take, takes place all, all in that one. Yeah, uh, what yeah. Is they're it? in they're in like Art. a lodge. It takes place, I think, right after Lincoln's death. Um, and then they're all in a lodge. They're snowed in for a couple days. And one of the guys is escorting a whore to be hung. And he tries to keep her alive because that's just his MO. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sharing this, this cottage with, uh, this inn, I should say, with a bunch of other characters. Um, but like I said, the, the writing in, in that kind of film, the writing better be really good and the acting better be really good. And, I think those two things fell a little bit short. I didn't. I didn't think any of the actors were particularly good. I thought Jennifer Jason Lee was good as the whore, uh-huh. but or was she a whore? Maybe she wasn't a whore. Maybe she was a murderer. I can't remember now. Uh, she was good. Samuel L. Jackson was all right, but uh, yeah, some of the other guys, I just wasn't wasn't feeling. Mm-hmm. I think they were right for the role. Uh, got a puppy. I didn't talk about that. No, you didn't. How's two things with the doggy? She's good. She was a saint. She was an angel when we brought her home for the first few days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perfectly well behaved, never barked, never peed in the house, didn't do anything. Just a really sweet, quiet, nice dog. But it seems like as she gets more comfortable, oh, yeah. she gets more and more stubborn and more and more hard to handle. Yeah. Uh, she actually pooped on the floor twice yesterday, once today. Because uh-huh. um, we didn't even need to use treats or anything to get her to do what we wanted. She just did it. But now she's getting to that point where she's really stubborn. Oh yeah. Uh, Puppy. So we just, we just started feeding her to get her to go out, like giving her a treat to go, get her to go outside, to yeah. get her to go to the bathroom, to get her to come in. Puppies are a pain in the ass. They yeah. really are. Yeah. I, you're right. I mean, she, she was, uh, you know, new surroundings probably on her best behavior, but once she got used to you guys and this is my new, this is my new digs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to make it her own, no doubt. Well, she's part Jack Russell, which yeah. I guess is really a smart dog. Yeah. Uh, and part lab retriever. Mm-hmm. But uh, she, she, I think she's got almost too much terrier, Jack Russell terrier in her and not enough lab. Okay. Because uh, sometimes, like, she sleeps a lot. Yeah. Most of the day she's sleeping. But every now and again she'll have bursts of energy. It just pick up something and rip it to shreds and sprint up and down the hallway and like she does this thing where she jumps up into the chair, does a one eighty and slams into the back of it to uh-huh. catch herself and then falls down and turns the other way and sprints down the hall again. Uh, she's pretty crazy. Yeah, you'll have that stuff until she's about two, probably. Mm. <laughs> the, the, she, the puppy phase lasts lasts a long time. Yeah, and. Like I said, she's getting worse, not better. Yeah. You know, we did train her to like sit and stay and stuff like that, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but like, she's starting to bark more and more now. She uh, was barking at people outside when we were recording last week. She was yep. barking at something. I don't know if you guys remember. Yep. And I started to say before I muted myself, I've never heard her bark before. Uh-huh. It was like oh, the, was first the first time, time I had heard her. Yeah. Nice. Um, but she's. I think she's starting to discover that. Uh huh. I don't know. She's she's good. She's still good at night. We keep her in a crate yeah. in her bedroom. Yeah. Um. And for a while, once a night, she'd start whining. 
she'd whine when we first put her in, but we just ignore her. Yeah. Because we didn't want her to think that's how she'd get attention. Right. Um, but every every night at like 2 or 3 o'clock, she starts whining again. And my girlfriend yells, Fiona, hush. And then she's silent huh. the rest of the night. That's good. So I don't know. I, I, what I think is happening is she wakes up. She's like sleeping and then wakes up and is scared. You know, we're not around or we left or something. Yeah. And then she hears hears us and then she's fine. Right. I don't know. But she's a handful. We're taking her to puppy classes because she's uh, the biggest problem with her and has been since we got her is she likes to nip uh-huh. a lot. That's a puppy thing. But she, uh, that's another thing. She started off doing it really soft, but she's starting to do it harder and harder. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things you tell her no, like you point your finger at her and tell her no, and she nips your finger. Yeah, and you know? puppies have needle teeth too. Yeah, uh, I've, I had, I mean, when when my dog was little, I've, I mean, I've got scars on me from his needle teeth. Jeez, they're they're a pain. It's a good uh, it's a good preparation for kids. I'll say, it really is. Well, I had that. It's funny. I had that <laughs> moment. Uh, <laughs> I was playing video games or something one night and. The girlfriend was was working, so it was just me with the dog. And I kept looking at the time, and I'm like, I really should take her out. I really should take her out. I really should take her out. And I just sort of had this moment where I stood up and I said to myself, "Well, this is my life now." <laughs> yeah. You know, just like having that responsibility yeah. that won't go away. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's not like a cat. A cat can, you know, if you feed a cat and change its litter, like it's a cat's good, you know. Which even that is optional for. <laughs> A good length of time. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but a, a dog is, is definitely more, requires more care and, and attention. He was, I had him out, uh, for her for, out for a walk the other day, and she was eating rocks. Yeah. Like big rocks. Oh, I and know. I had to open her mouth and take them out. I'm yep. like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and we never had a dog growing up. No, we didn't. So it's different. You know, it's it, I'm seeing all this stuff for the first time that probably people that have dogs are like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they'll they just eat things like and you're like, why? Why? Yeah. Well, just I mean, the, the whole corn cob incident with my dog Ugh. that sat, it sat in his guts for months before it finally got stuck. <laughs> and it was a twenty five hundred dollar vet bill. Yep. Down the hatch. Yep. And there wasn't even any surgery. They um. They gave him some kind of stuff to do a better x-ray of his intestines, and that swells the intestines to make them easier to look at, and it swelled the intestines enough that it pushed the corn cob through. It's a nice. divine intervention. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but... It's something else. That was scary. But, well, yeah. today, today she outsmarted me. Uh-huh. Oh, that'll I happen, keep, too. I keep calling her to her face, little bitch, because <laughs> uh, she is. Right. <laughs> um... We were out, and I like to do laps around my apartment. Um, I find that's the best way to get her to poop. Uh-huh. And we were we took a lap, and we went halfway around the building on the other side, and she found something she was eating. I didn't see what it was, and I was like, no, Fiona. And she hates being outside in the cold, so it was yeah, yeah. difficult to get her out there to begin with. I was basically dragging her, and she found this piece of poop or whatever it was and was trying to eat it, and I pulled her away, but she was really stubborn. I was, like, dragging her. Um and then I'm like, if you don't stop, I'm going to take you back to the rescue. <laughs> and she, she picked, you know, picked herself up and started trotting. And she picked up speed a little bit. And uh, what she likes to do is walk straight to the door to go in. Yeah. She's had enough. She wants to go in. And I thought she was going to do that, but she didn't. She walked 
past the door, and I'm like, oh, what a good dog. You know, she wants to find a place to poop, and she sniffed her way all the way around the apartment back to that same piece of poop uh-huh. to try and eat it again. Nice. And I was like, you outsmarted me. Yep. You little bitch. Nice. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a handful, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun to have a, a critter running around the house, and she likes to play and all that good stuff. I put one of my stinky socks in. Uh, she has a ball within a ball. I don't know if you've seen those toys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I put one of my stinky socks in there because she likes my stinky socks, mm-hmm. and she had a field day trying to get that thing out. Nice. Yeah, they're so. fun. They're lots of fun. And I think she'll be a good swimmer because she's got lab feet, oh, which are like yeah. webbed. Yep. So that's a good. Her thing. and Gimli can swim together. Swim in the pool. Yeah. I put Gimli's life vest on him and to to fit it, get it fitted. Oh really? Yeah. Is it gonna work out? You think? Yeah, yeah. And it, one one thing I didn't notice when I tried it on him, it's got a handle on it. So like, if you need to pull him out, you just grab him by the handle and pull him up. Like that's genius. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. So. That'll be cool. That is cool. But yeah, that's that's puppy life. Yeah. And the only other thing I wanted to mention, because uh, it's a new thing for me, is I drove a plow for the first time. Oh, nice. Yesterday, we had a big snowstorm. I don't know what the total accumulations were. Did you guys get a lot down there? No. An inch, maybe two. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we got, when all was said and done, ten inches. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was really light, though. Right. Really, fluffy. really light and fluffy, which made it a little bit easier. But uh, I have had driven the plow on, uh, like, a lo- the loader, the Kubota loader before to to move snow, but never in a big truck. Right. Which I did for the first time yesterday. Man, I give those guys a lot of credit because it's exhausting. Yeah. Having to concentrate on absolutely everything that's going on around you yeah. for a very long period of time. And you have to have your head on a swivel. Yeah. Because you're constantly looking behind you on either side, and you got to make sure your plow bit blades don't catch, and you're always backing up and looking out for people. And it's like a white, it was a whiteout yesterday when I was trying to plow, yeah. which didn't make it any easier. Um, and I got home, and I, it's the most exhausted I've been in a long time. I took like a two-hour nap and then went to bed early still after that. I was huh. just shot. Took three ibuprofen. Uh-huh. I was a hurting man. And... You know, you gotta give it. You gotta give it some gas when you're pushing the snow into the bank that you've created, and it hits really hard, and your you, your body absorbs that shock, and it's yeah. just like, oh, you do that enough times throughout the day. That would be miserable to have be your full time job. I think it's plowing. Yeah, definitely. You lived at a place and I actually, that had a lot of snow. Uh, I did it most of yesterday, and then we were leaving, um, and we have a guy that comes in at three who works through the night. Just one guy. And our boss is like, anybody want to stay later uh, to to help Mark clean up some snow? And uh, everyone immediately was like, oh, you know, I'd like to, but I got it. And I I need, unfortunately, I need the money. Right. So I didn't really say anything. And my boss is like, Corey, you want to stay? And I'm like, yeah, if you need me to. <laughs> really, I was thinking, God, no. Yeah. But, oh, uh, snow I removal did. is one of my least favorite things to do ever. Shoveling and yeah. ugh, it's miserable. Well, here's the thing. After plowing. Give me a shovel. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. Just give me a shovel. Yeah, I'll push snow with my hands. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But I got more comfortable as it went on. It wasn't too bad. It, it's nice. You take your jacket off, turn the radio on, drink yeah. a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. But that was my week. That's all you got. Yeah. 
Uh, I only have a couple of quick things. Uh, me and the wife are caught up on Game of Thrones. Wow. Yeah, we finished last Thursday, actually, after podcast. We watched the last two episodes. In three weeks. Uh, right? It was, I think it was, yeah, I guess it would have been about three weeks. It was, you know, 50 episodes or whatever. Or was it two weeks? I don't know. Two weeks. It was two weeks. Because we started on Christmas Day. We ended on January or, uh, January 7th. So it was two weeks. We watched. So 50, she was hooked, 50, huh? 50, oh, yeah. 50 hours worth of Game of Thrones. Uh, it was fun, though, because after every night, I would, you know, when we were done, like before we went to sleep, I would ask her wh- what she thought of it, you know. Um, tr- you know, it was it was hard a lot of times not to spoil things for, for, for you know, characters and stuff. So, um, but yeah, we're really excited for April when the new season comes out. So it's nice. going to suck, though, having to watch it one episode a week. So I really like when I like to watch something, I like to binge watch it. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's gonna suck having to wait, but it'll be worth it. I'm very excited. Yeah, but you, one of the things I like about that is that anticipation. Oh yeah, I'll be and anticipating it. I get the Sunday blues real bad. Okay, that's one of the best cures for the Sunday blues. Yeah, because it's Sunday night, right? Yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones. I can see that. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, but also along that, Corey, I started my coloring book that you got yes. me for Christmas. Corey got me a Game of Thrones coloring book, uh, adult coloring book, not a not a children's coloring book. Um, which you know, what, I think I first heard of it like early in the fall or maybe mm-hmm. maybe in the summer. I was like, that's kind of dumb. Like, what <laughs> adult coloring? Like, what? Uh, but it turns out when you actually do it, it's quite a bit of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very relaxing too. Uh, yeah, one day I was like, "All right, let's all go to the table and color." So you know, we set up the kids uh, with their own coloring and drawing stuff. I think my son did like a activity book or whatever. On um, we gave my daughter some crayons and a coloring book, and we sat at the table as a family and colored for like an hour. They were occupied, and it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Warms yeah, my heart. I obsessively uh, did the first one. Um, that day I had to like make sure I finished it. So any minute I got, I would go and, and fill in a little more spots. And, uh, I started on my second picture. Unfortunately, I haven't had any time since then to, to do the second picture, but I have like most of my second picture done too. So, yeah, it's the perfect balance of, uh, you know, focusing doing on something. something and not doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, focus. Yeah. Focusing right. on something, but not really, not really doing anything, you know? Yep. And like you said, you can do it together. Yeah, as a family, and you know, we do it up here with friends. We just sit and and color and talk, yeah. and you know, it's and when you're done, you have this beautiful thing that yeah. you feel like you created, even though you're just coloring in the lines. It's yeah. like these are my colors. This yeah. is my picture. Exactly. I want to frame it. Color. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to make like a collage because the, the artwork on those is really impressive. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to make a collage. Like when I'm all done, I'll cut them all out and and make something out of it. So. I actually just bought my girlfriend for our anniversary uh, the ultra fine sharpies. Okay, they're like the sharpies with the metal tips. Yeah, because she's got one uh, one of the really really crazy ones. It's like a garden book or something like that. But the the lines are so tiny. Okay, that you need you need the metal tip. Yeah, yeah, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so. I thoroughly enjoyed my time coloring. I think that's and now, a, your ahead. Game of Thrones book has uh, like 
captions, right? Doesn't it yep. say? Yep. Each page has a caption, a little bit about the character that's on it or the family crest that's on it. It's it's very cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. You want to take a quick break? Sure. Come back with what we played? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll take a quick break and, and be back in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 234 of the Thumbstick Athletes mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, we are now in what we played. Uh, Corey, I'll let you go first. What did you, what'd you play? Well, I forgot to mention at the top of the episode that I played Donkey Kong Country Freeze. Oh, for Wii U. For Wii U, yeah. To play I keep that. forgetting to cancel my Gamefly oh, okay. subscription. Uh-huh. Um, but it's one of those things where I forget, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just remember at the you know the end, end of the, the next, next billing cycle. Yeah. And then I forget. Right. And even if I set, which I do, I set reminders on my phone, uh, it's one of those things where I look at it and be like, oh, yeah, I got to remember to do that tonight. Yeah, and forget. Forget. Uh, but, yeah, that's how I ended up getting Donkey Kong Country Freeze. Uh, I made my girlfriend play with me, played the first level, and she was over it. Oh, really? <laughs> well, we messed up at first. Somehow, uh, I was Donkey Kong. She was second player, so she was she chose Dixie Kong. You can choose. Mm-hmm. Um and somehow she ended up on my back, and we thought that that's just how you did multiplayer. Oh. So the only thing she could do was spin her little Dixie hair uh-huh. to give us a little boost in our jump. So she thought that was That was it. it. She's like, this is stupid. This is boring. I'm not doing anything. And then we finally figured out she could jump off and play the same way I was playing, uh, which is a little bit different from the older Donkey Kongs. It was just one one person playing at a time. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know that they any of them had co-op. Kind of more yeah, of, maybe the yeah, Nintendo kinda... 64 one. Yeah, I don't that, was that... That one for 60? Yeah, Donkey Kong 64. But yeah, that one, uh, I don't... the side-scrolling ones, I don't know if yeah. they had co-op or not. It's been a long time. But it was fun. It kind of did the whole trying thing, like if there was, a, you know, collecting the KONG or whatever, if there was a letter somewhere that was kind of difficult to reach, it was made easier by using two people. Yeah kind of thing but is gameplay very similar overall to the the older ones uh the only thing that really impressed me was the way they do the barrel blasting because uh-huh. they take it into like a third dimension and the camera swings around and you're launching yourself through barrels and it just yeah. looks really cool um on a you know a 20 years newer video game system from right donkey kong country i've heard know? that one's fairly difficult too as as far as platformers go it gets pretty difficult towards the end of it. I could see that. It's just, like I said, we just played the first level. Um, there was nothing in that first level that made me f- say, you know, I need to keep playing this. Right. Which, you know, you kind of want to catch people in that first level. Yeah. Uh, even visually, like nothing nothing stood out. I don't know. I still say Rayman. Is, oh, yeah. Is a um, superior platformer to a lot of the other ones. I'm with you been saying that for years yeah i didn't believe you until i played uh what was it legends rayman legends was excellent they're due for a rayman aren't they i would love a new rayman i'm i'm all in at rayman all in for rayman at this point i I like the last one so much me and my wife spent a lot of time playing that co-op so i think we're i think tonight we're going to be doing some some wii u co-op Either, what are you can play either Skylanders or Yoshi's Woolly World. Not sure. nice, yeah, because we don't have Game of Thrones to play, so or to watch rather. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. What else did you play, Corey? I don't think anything, to be honest. Just uh, a whole lot of Xenoblade. I think I did a little Rocket League and Hearthstone here and there, but uh-huh. Xenoblade and Donkey Kong Country Freeze. Okay. Uh, for me, I finished Tomb Raider. Hey, you beat it? Beat it. My first beaten game of the year. Thank you. Oh, uh, really good. I suggest you play Tomb Raider, Corey. Play my version. It's really it's a surprisingly good game. Okay. Uh, looks really nice. The graphics hold up really well. It's it was 2013, so I guess it came out about three years ago. Um, but yeah, I really really like that. It makes me excited for Rise of the Tomb Raider. Because from what I hear, it's Rise of the Tomb Raider is quite a bit better even than Tomb Raider was. So yeah. You had played that before, right? You just never. Yeah, I played it when it first it. first came out. No, I be I think I beat it when it first came out. But what's oh, so you just played through it again? Yeah, I like to revisit games. I mean, I wanted to play it because the Rise of the Tomb Raider was coming out, and I wanted to get back into the because the, there's a, the storyline that continues from the first game into the second. I wanted to make myself a little more aware of of the the story stuff that happened in the first game because. I mean, it's three years ago now, like I said, that I played the reboot. What's the runtime on that? Uh, I believe it took me about 12 hours, maybe 13. And that's with collecting a lot of the side stuff. Mm. A lot of the, there's a lot of collectibles and stuff that you can, you can go after that. I got a lot of it, not all of it, but. Gotcha. It's not necessary. Uh, You know, it gives the experience bonuses and upgrades to your weapons and stuff but yeah you should play Corey. it's it's quite good i'll give it a, I'll, you know i'll give it a couple hours at least yeah uh and then the other other thing i played that i played a lot of this week was mountain blade warband i saw you're playing the, that again the game of thrones mod for mountain blade warband uh... yeah it's quite good <laughs> um it's i think the thing i like about it is the you know the game kind of goes on its own it's it it drops you off uh, it, it starts after a certain character dies um i'm not going to say who cuz it's kind of a spoiler even though it's a first season spoiler mm-hmm. um but yeah the game takes its own path after that which is really interesting um because uh i in in my game the way the way the events happened is Renly, Renly Baratheon ended up uh, sieging and taking over King's Landing mm. and he killed Joffrey and uh, Cersei and Tywin ended up leaving and, and naming himself King of the Westerlands and started a rebellion against against Westeros so wow yeah it's quite interesting that's pretty cool yeah um, I ended up joining the North um and we've been warring with the Iron Islands, so I've been fighting a lot with. Uh, I actually ended up in a couple battles against Balon Greyjoy, and actually have him captured now, and he's one of my prisoners. Uh. He's the the king, quote unquote, of the Iron Islands. So, yeah, I've been loving that. I think I put about twenty hours into the to the game of 20, 20, 20 25 hours into the Game of Thrones mod for Mountain Blade Warband. It's really well done. Uh, did you ever try the? There's a Crusader Kings 2 mod no. for Game of Thrones, right? I watch quite a bit of YouTube videos about it. I will try that at some point because I'm really into the Game of Thrones thing having just rewatched it and I'm kind of listening to the audiobooks. I'm going to try to read the other books, hopefully. 
hopefully before the next season starts. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I want to play the Telltale Game of Thrones game, and then there was an RPG that came out not that long ago that didn't review all that well, but everyone that's played it seems to say, like, other than a handful of systems that didn't work really well, it's it's worth playing, so I want to play that one too. Because when I get invested into something, I get really invested into something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm get hardcore into it but yeah the yeah i mean mountain blades it's a average game it's very very janky like one of the i was sieging a castle and uh the enemy troops kept getting stuck in the walls and there was no like you had in order to win the battle you have to kill off all the enemy's troops and i couldn't so i had to retreat from the battle and start over again and i had to keep doing that until those soldiers finally all died off they like would spawn outside the wall when i redid the battle but it's a it's a neat game are they working on another mountain blade yeah because there's a there's a handful of them right there's mountain blade there's mountain blade warband there's mountain blade uh fire and sword which is a more historical based one uh and then there's mountain blade napoleonic wars which is an online one Uh... but yeah they're they're working on mountain blade banner lord right now which is the newest one which I haven't heard anything about, but I would anticipate it's supposed to come out this year. Not sure. But yeah, they're fun games. They're janky. Jankies all get out, but it's a it's a cool game. Uh, and I've also been playing Lara Croft Go. I actually kind of like that. It's a good. You to- would. It's a good toilet game. <laughs> uh, any more than that, not so much. But you know, to play it when you're on the toilet and you know, do a couple puzzles. It's, it's not bad. It was I think I paid like 99 cents for it. It was, it was, it's worth the 99 cents. I think. Speaking of good toilet game, this is kind of an aside. Uh, I dropped my entire phone totally submerged in uh paint trough. Oh uh, yeah. And well, the funny thing about my phone is that the power button doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So the only way to turn it off, is to let the battery die. Oh, geez. Or rip the battery out, which you can't really do on the go. Right. Uh, so I just... Wiped it off and... Wiped it, it off and hoped for the <laughs> hoped for the best, because it was at, like, 70% battery. It was going to be a while before the battery died. Yeah. So I couldn't turn it off or anything. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I had my case on it, but my case is one of those cases that also holds my credit cards and ID. Uh-huh. So those were... Stuck together with paint. Uh, Uh The case was covered in paint. The entire phone, the front of it was covered in paint. The only part that stuck out of the paint a little bit was the bottom part where the charging port is Uh, and the speaker. That's probably good. Could have done some damage. You know, could have gotten in there. Uh, So, yeah, that was good. However, I think a little bit of paint did seep through the screen and underneath because there's a little discoloration in the top corner. Yeah. So... One of my phones, uh, when when we worked on the golf course, had phone, uh, phone, yeah, sand floating around in the screen. There's mm. a, a blob of sand, and it would move around. I don't know how. It was in, in my Motorola Razor back in the yeah. day. That was kind of annoying. Well, it made me think of that. This is my iPhone five that I did that with. I had the six, but I dropped that in the toilet and ruined it. Uh, but what I did was I got on Amazon and bought myself one of the iPhone repair kits. Uh-huh. 
comes with all the little screwdrivers and yeah. suction cups and clips and everything you need to to easily get in, get in and out of your phone uh, and clean it and everything. So I'm going to try and do that with uh, my five just to see if I can get that discoloration to go away and get out whatever paint that's in there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also going to go back to my six and see if I can cure the water damage. Oh, that's a good idea. Why yeah. not? Why not give it a shot, you know? Well, they said that the battery terminals can just be corroded a little bit, and that's enough to short it out. Oh, okay. Uh, it could just need a replacement battery. Um, it, it all depends, you know? Yeah, we'll which see. at this point you could probably buy off of Amazon for not too much. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to get that one going again because this this five, God bless it, doesn't owe me anything. But it's, it's, it's like whip. I said, the the volume buttons don't work, the power button doesn't work, uh, the screen is actually coming off uh-huh. the phone. And the, there's that now that there's that discoloration. It's just <laughs> seen better days. Yeah, time to put it out to pasture. No, it's it's been. I can't tell you how many times I've dropped it on concrete uh-huh. hard surfaces and it hasn't cracked god bless it uh i've dropped my iphone 6 twice guess how many times i cracked it <laughs> twice twice yep it's crazy and yeah i mean you get a good you got a good case for it and everything too right well Your when six. my my 6 i uh didn't have a case on it so. oh gotcha but i didn't have a case on my 5 and dropped it a bunch of times and never had an issue hmm. so i don't know Okay. Anything else? Nah. Uh, you said we didn't have any feedback. Not that I, not that I saw. If uh, you did send us something and we missed it, please remind us, and we'll hit it next week for sure. Yeah. Uh, I checked Facebook. I checked Twitter. I know we didn't get any emails. No. Uh, the only thing is, Ryan in Iowa sent us in his podcast is now available on iTunes, Convoluted Cube. So. Uh, I don't know how iTunes works exactly. So you search in the store for Convoluted yeah. Coop in the search bar, I guess. Well, I know on uh, an iOS, there's a separate podcasts app. Okay. I don't think you can get podcasts through iTunes on the iPhone anymore. I think you have to go through the podcasts app. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Yeah. All right. Uh, Corey, you said you had a question of the week. Question of the week. Uh, hypothetically... This is for if next were, next week, right? For yes. Next week's if you were to pay a towing company nine hundred dollars, <laughs> what would you expect to get out of the towing company? Uh-huh. How far? What kind of situation? Nine hundred dollars. Sounds good. What can you get? I like for that $900 question. Dollars from a towing company. I like that question. Just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know. All right. Uh, any other thoughts? No. No. Uh, next week's episode is likely to be our 2016 games preview part two. That may change before then. Uh, if it does, we hopefully will let you know. Yeah, like I said, I think, was it yesterday we decided to do Xenoblade? Yeah. It was last night, maybe? When when I, when Will reminded me that he couldn't make it on Thursday. It so. worked out. You know, you yeah, and I definitely. have been playing it a lot, and we wanted to to give it its due so yeah and since uh you know eric and will weren't here we you know it was the best choice for us to do so uh yeah that'll do it for episode 234 of the thumbstick athletes podcast i'm your host dan Corey. thanks for listening um and get off my laptop (laughs) 